to the Floaty Cast for episode 52. You know what I'm saying? We already here, dog. Five plus two is seven. Final Fantasy seven. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Final Fantasy seven's the greatest name. Seven's a nice gambling number. Yeah, you always Uh, throw it on seven. Uh, 52. You know, 1952. I'm sure there was a car that came. That's how many cards are in a standard playing deck, though. Oh my God, that is true. That's true. The forefather of all tcgs so 52 is a big number yeah actually just cgs you can't like oh i guess you could play like go fish you like do you have any eights and then you like do a trade and uh that might be that might be where tcg started bro yeah it was just somebody was playing goldfish and was like we can make money by selling these things in 10 card packs bro definitely not like invented by like sports cards and then like people were like oh we can make a game out of this and then no no definitely no no the, definitely definitely when they were playing blackjack dealing hands they were like what if we just traded these cards as a matter of fact i heard that way back in the day in order to get a 52 card deck you had to buy individual packs and uh the aces were all secret rares but the ace of spades was the highest rarity card that yeah, existed. Yeah, it was a super secret rare. Tattooed on them. Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's why uh, Motorhead has a song called Ace of Spades, not Ace of Hearts. Or exactly. clubs. Like, or nobody diamonds. Nobody can talk about Ace of Diamonds. No, it's yeah, Ace of Spades, like, Ace bro. Bro, the diamonds and the clubs are like the worst, bro. It's all about spades, and then it goes hearts, and then... Bro, they don't call the games clubs, bro. You're not ripping clubs. You're no. ripping spades. Uh-huh. At the house, bro. Anyway. Never once has anybody <laughs> been like, you want to throw down some diamonds, bro? <laughs> anyway, we got a good episode today. Before we get started with our chats of uh, the original TCG, Scott, how you doing, my man? I heard you got a I'm story for me. Oh, yeah, I got a, I got a nice story. Uh, I, uh, you know, my, my nephew's in town, and he's a big fisherman, so uh, we've been trying to go fishing as much as we can. Well, we go out on the boat with my buddy, and... Uh, we're having a slow day, you know, no big deal. Um, but all of a sudden, like, we look over, and the funniest thing happened, man. So, uh, preface this with the fact that I got a new rod and reel for Father's Day, and I hadn't used it yet until until this day, right? So we're out there on the boat, and uh, he's he's using it, and he's casting, and he's casting it. And let me, before I go further, my nephew is a much better fisher than I am. He's been doing it for years and years and years, right? So, how old is your nephew? Which means he's got a solid eleven years more experience than I do. Wait, how? Um, I think you cut out. Oh, he's twelve. Twelve. Oh. One, two. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> you made it sound like your nephew. He's like he's a veteran at this shit. He's like thirty-five. No, no I mean he might as well be, bro. He's good, right? So we're out there, and all of a sudden, all I hear is like him say something like "shoot" or something because he doesn't curse. He's a very quiet kid, and I look over, and my brand new rod is in the water. Oh right. my god. Now that would be fine because you know there's only like a eighth ounce weight on the end, you know, no big deal. Like it's not gonna sink very fast, except for I was in such shock that it happened that I just stared at it. And he just stared at it too because he just like didn't know what to do. And uh we just watched this thing sink, bro. Brand new rod. Had it for like maybe a week and a half. Just brand new rod, just sink all the way to the bottom of the forty foot lake. Ain't never getting it back. That's insane, bro. 
<laughs> Bro, so you're never getting that rod back? No, I like I texted my wife and I was like, uh, Peyton just yeeted my my fishing reel into the water, and she's like, "What do you mean he yeeted it?" And so now the story's evolved into he saw a gar and he tried to spearfish with it, like he just grabbed it and like chucked it like it was a trident, like Poseidon's trident. That's not what happened, but now that's the story. And like, I get, I think one time I was like, we saw the one alligator in northern Alabama, and he was gonna try to take it out with a fishing rod and all these other stories. But yeah, it's it's gone, just whoop. Straight in the water. <laughs> that but sucks, I called man. her and I was like, yo, this is what happened. And she's like, oh my God, don't tell his mom. Because like my sister is one of those that's like wants to make everything better right away. So before we even like told her, like Heather Heather like ordered me a new fishing reel and stuff to replace and blah blah blah. So we could convince Lacey that it wasn't a big deal. But uh yeah. I was I just watched it. I think I cast it three times in its lifetime, and now it's just at the bottom of a lake. Bro, that sucks, dog. Hey, but speaking of a feel-good story, though, since we're talking about things we've lost, so uh, last week, uh, we took my son out to Dave and Buster's, right? And yeah. he, we're sitting in the back of the back seat, and um, my wife. Or my son hands my wife her AirPods case, right? And she opens it up. Well, there's one earbud missing. Or earbud missing. And she's like, oh my god. And uh, we couldn't find it. We couldn't find it. And she thinks... Uh, like, she couldn't find it or anything. And then, like, the other day, Levi was cleaning Harper's room and found it. And there was, like, a bite mark in it from the dog. But, like, they still work. So good, man. yeah, that's yeah. Good. So like, you lost your fishing rod. We still found our AirPods. So like, who's really winning this past week? I mean, so the the good news is eventually because that spot right there is like a good spot for bass. So it's got to be. We can't be the only people that know about it, right? So eventually, somebody's gonna throw down a uh, a lure that reaches down to forty feet, and they're gonna hook the shit out of my rod, and they're gonna get a brand new rod out of it. So, or they're gonna hook the shit out of it, just gonna be stuck under a log, rip their line that they spent probably seven thousand dollars on. They're gonna oh, fight you. Whole things are gonna be down there, <laughs> bro. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a disaster. But uh, anyway, things are good here. Um, not a whole nobody, lot. I know. I know nobody ever uh, asked. Hey man, how you doing today? Ah, oh, bro, I'm I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm I'm vibing, bro. I'm about to. Those who are going to be tuning in in a minute, in about five minutes, I'm playing in the Chill TCG tournament tonight with Shadow Rider Calyrex, and what, I'm going to uh, be streaming. What uh, Galarian Zapdos version. Because I, I mean, most of them have the Galarian. Yeah, Zapdos, no, but like this is a heavier count. It, well, I by. By heavier count, I mean instead of one, we're playing two. <laughs> and uh, one Dustnor, one no, Q. no, no Trevnors, unless you want to send me one real quick. <laughs> yeah, I got you, bro. Bro, just fired up real quick. <laughs> I'll throw it in there. I got 15 minutes. <laughs> All right, I got you. <laughs> but uh, what do I take out? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know your list, but I feel like if you're not playing Trevnor, you need to be you need to be playing Trevnor. I can throw it no, in. I, I I take that back. I mean Trevnor is like nice, but I think Gengar I honestly really I think really yeah, I do have one Gengar Mimikyu. I think that's the one that I really want. You don't have to one. send me one. Yeah, just one. You just need one, bro. 
just need one. You just need one. Nah, nah, nah. You just, you just need one. I hope you draw hot all night long. And oh, I'm going to, to, bro. <laughs> bro, this That's the thing. first time you prize it, you're going to be like, I told you I needed to. I'm like, f <laughs> <laughs> oh But uh, I'm excited because I really wanted to try this deck out. So shout out to Brophy for hooking me up with a uh, four, four line of the Shadow Rider Calyrexes alternate arts. So not only are we going to be playing... We're gonna be beautifully playing, bro. The the board is gonna be looking juicy. So I'm super excited about that. It's a lot of fun. But speaking of Shadow Rider Calyrex and the Chill TCG tournament that's happening tonight, that I'm gonna be playing in. Check it out on YouTube, streaming on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I don't know why I'm shouting that out because by the time you hear this, it'll already. Uh, I, you can check the stream out on YouTube though. You can get the replays. Anyway. You can. So, speaking of that, the meta, ladies and gentlemen, of the Pokemon TCG Chilling Reigns format is Shadow Rider Calyrex. There was a tournament, top 16, 12 of it was Shadow Rider. <laughs> you know, so that's, it is what it is, right? It's a super powerful deck. It's a super powerful card. Like, let's, let's, like, let's just throw out the deck for right now. The card is bananas. And... So until people figure out a way to definitively counter the card, any deck based around that card is just going to win. I, I see it happening in the future to come. It's Zoroark reincarnate. You know, like it's not the same as Zoroark, I understand, but it has a decent attack, a great effect. It's been a while since we've had a card that has both at the same time to this level. So um, it's going to be another format where it's like, it's going to be Shadow Rider Calyrex, and then its partner is going to be like the top six decks. They're all going to be different, but it's going to be Shadow Rider Calyrex, and then its partner. I think the only thing, and I had to read this like three times because I was trying to power up a Zapdos with Shadow Rider Calyrex. That is the only like clipping point as to why it will not be the same as Zoroark, is because it only accelerates the psychic Pokemon on the bench. So, like, if it's that it can accelerate, like, you just attach a psychic energy to anything, then it's a problem. Because you could play it, like, if it was that way, you could accelerate to a Rapid Strike, Urshifu, Gale Thrust. You'd have the real Zoropod, but it wouldn't be the same. But it only accelerates the psychic Pokemon, which, let's be real here, that's okay. Like, this card is insane. It's a ton of fun to play. I've been testing a little some games so I don't go in complete raw dogging. You know, no spit, no lube, sandpaper finish into this tournament. But uh, it's good. It's really good. And last week, uh, was it the Sunday Open? There was like 16 to 12 or Shadow Riders, but Luke Metal won because Shadow Riders went the way of a more aggressive approach of taking out the Path to the Peaks, putting in Swells and some Mars Shadows. So like Zamazentas were like all over the board. So you could see it like adapt, like it's a deck that can adapt anything like if it's luke metal heavy they play path to the peaks and a couple of marsh shadows and you know play that lock style or they go a little bit more aggressive and counter eternatus and play a couple of more zapdoses like i'm doing uh you can play the night watch if you want i was like looking at other psychic pokemon you could play you could play um baby necrozma like the one that if there's a special energy attached to it you can do 160 you could play that oh, yeah. one. 
you could play Cresselia's if you want. You could play all sorts of stuff, man. Alakazam V if you're into that kind of madness. Uh, Hoopa. Like Hoopa, the. Don't be into that kind of madness. Yeah, don't. This is a public service announcement. Don't be into Alakazam. <laughs> you could play Alchemy. You could play uh, Galarian Rapidash. Uh, eventually, before I send these back to Brophy, I want to try a, a Shadow Rider Dragapult list just because I'm about that smoke. <laughs> I hate my. I, mean, I hate my. Things, right? <laughs> yeah, like, you could just go Max Phantom. With, yeah, if you attack with one, maybe two attacks with the Dragapult V Max. You set up the Shadow Rider to just finish everything else off. I feel like it's not a terrible idea. In practice, who knows? It might be horrible. Yeah, it might but... it might be the worst thing I've ever seen. Bro, you could you could go Galissapod with it, bro. Just regular one. You, your Zoropod could be Dragapult V Shadow Rider Calyrex because of that Jet Assault attack. You could. But it's also weak to dark, and you're going to get bodied by E-turn. So we'll forget I said anything. <laughs> you know what I want to talk about real quick as far as the meta goes? Because it's had a couple showings in top 16s and a couple tournaments. Uh, and it's a deck that I believe I talked about on the podcast like four or five, 18,000 episodes ago. This ADP Birds deck that everybody was oh, like, there's yeah. no way that works. It works, bro. I told you it works. Yeah. It doesn't look like it should, but it works. And when it goes off, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that deck looks kind of ridiculous. I was going to stream it or do a video on it on my YouTube. Shout out my YouTube real quick. Uh, you know, youtube.com slash floaticast. I was going to try it out, and um, I don't have Mawile, so <laughs> we're not, we're not going to do that. See, this is why you have a partner in crime that's got at least one of all the old stuff, so. I got all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good looks, good looks. So that's like, that's kind of where the meta's at right now is um, Shadow Rider Calyrex has really taken off. It's everything we talked about. We talked about this last week, I think. But something else that happened Pokemon-related, uh, since this is my first time really playing Pokemon in a hot minute, is that my boy Scott Steckley had the team challenge last week. What happened buddy uh okay so we'll, we'll skip right over this real quick um long story short uh that fishing trip that i was talking to about earlier yeah uh it lasted longer than it should have and i didn't make it to the team challenge uh but it's okay because i was not supposed to be the player i was supposed to be the coach but um it i didn't make it home in time um to be the coach and also, I'll take partial responsibility for what happened, but uh, we got we got clapped, like super clapped. Bro, like, you weren't there to coach the squad, bro. That's exactly. You should what be happened. you should be ashamed. We we made some meta calls. One of the guys played Decidueye because you know it's got like a higher auto win percentage than the other deck that he was playing, and he should have kept playing the other deck he was playing, and um. You know, Alex got some bad hands, bad draws, and then for some reason we thought it was okay to let Bowman play Mad Party. And uh, <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just ended up a horrible experience for everybody. But, you know, we made it to the second round, so it is what it is. Good games to everybody. Um, I can't feel bad about it, right? Especially because I wasn't there to assist. Right, um, right. <laughs> but we got, we did what we wanted to do. You know, we wanted to at least win the first thing so we can get the mats and things like that. And uh, 
have a little bit of reputation out there for us. So. My my man said it's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault, but it is my fault. It's a hundred percent, partially like forty three percent my fault. <laughs> he said forty three percent, homie. We did. <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good bro it's all good next time if there is a next time hopefully next time's in person how dope would that be that like you had to play against other local stores and like then pokemon just started paying for you to drive to these like stores and then all of a sudden at worlds there's like a team challenge for yeah championship. that would be kind of cool but i don't think that'll happen i i, I think yeah. that'll be like too much like as far as like I don't know. Things going on. Yeah. Are you are you sure, bro? Because check this out. We got Pokemon TCG, Pokemon VGC, Pokin, uh, Pokemon oh. Go, Pokemon. We Unite. forgot to tell Bowman again. <laughs> are we are we starting over? <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, are we leaving this part in? Are we editing this? No, 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 no. We're good. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh so uh wow um anyhow there's like three thousand things competitive pokemon right now so i don't think adding another quote unquote side event worlds to happen on like thursday would be a terrible thing you know that's true and i guess it's like a local thing like i just don't know how the travel would go like if you had like grand finals for like you would have to compete like around the the globe kind of like a traveling team i don't know maybe i'm well, just I mean, making you just do it, you just do it like this right so you just because the team challenge is always like within your region right so you just kind of do it like this you go all the local teams so like we play the southeast and then after we make it through the gauntlet of the south southeast or whatever when it comes to time to the world championships your team just shows up to worlds and then you just play southeast versus the next region you know and then southeast versus you know what i'm saying and you yeah. just keep, you just break it down to like a five or six region within your you know continental region and then it, it works fine then you're just playing like a six round 3v3 tournament with a rotating coach that which is, is honestly a cool idea to have in live anyhow is some guy they could just like walk by the games and whisper in your ear as long as he's not like going to his opponent you know the other side of the opponent so for sure yo the format is dope that it that it would be cool if it was like if you could hash it out and make it a like a practice, but um, what is cool is what Pokemon announced last week. Right after, of course, we did the podcast literally the next day, so we have to talk about it today. Although I did do a YouTube video on it, but I want Scott's takes and I want to go a little bit more in depth. So Scott, what came out? What was revealed? Uh, I don't know. Some stupid reprints of something. I think I, I, you know, don't don't quote me on that. But I think they said, "Look at all these new Pokemon. We need to make old cards with them." And I'm not here for it. That are not standard legal. <laughs> that are not standard legal. I mean, if they were just like, "Hey, Dragapult level X legal," I'd be like, "Oh shit!" Now we're talking. You know, like whatever. Like if they just fix it like that, but. I'm not a collector. I've never been a collector. Um, if you ever see me pull like a Rambo rare that's like worth money 
you might as well just offer to buy it right then because if it makes it into a deck boy it's getting shuffled and creased like a son of a bitch like no <laughs> no lie um i don't care about the collecting side of the game i i love talking to people that are into it but that's just not me like um so the whole thing doesn't really appeal to me there are some cards that are playable that are fire but the whole idea of the thing makes it to where i don't think i'm going to get a hold of those cards very easily and that upsets me as a player so yeah i agree i think like it is just a big collector set which is fine i mean there's no nothing wrong with doing that and like that dragapult prime that they announced was like gas money all right it looked good but like there's like a the i think the non-legal cards in the 20 it's like a mini set within the mini set those are going to be like the non-standard legal cards there's still 45 cards that are going to come out. I think it's like two V or two V max and four V's that are going to be coming out in the set. And that's going to be cool. I think Mew V max is going to be a thing, which that's probably going to be ultra playable. Like discard your hand, draw six while swinging for 7,000 damage. Like it's going to just be something stupid. I mean, the real only card that I've seen that like I'm super hyped for right now is the regular Mew. Though, have you seen that card? Yeah, the it's the Mew. the one that like look at the top six, pick an item. Yeah, it's Baby Jirachi, but you don't go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, pretty dope. It's yeah, like bro. it's like goes with Manaphy and Celebi, like their their mechanic, kind of because they search Pokemon and energy, you find an item. Or is yeah, that or like, is it a trainer? Or it might just be an item. It's, it's a it's an item oh. it's an item so it's not as strong as jirachi was right yeah. which makes sense because jirachi you fell asleep so that was a good drawback except for skateboard existed but whatever you know you can't have everything yeah for sure but uh i mean like there's a lot of strong items in the format now like i would say probably the majority of stronger cards are items currently so it's a hella good card i mean and it's not like so overpowered that you feel like yeah, like it's a problem. Exactly. So yeah. it's just, it speeds up decks, but it also, like, it's a liability. And there's a lot of decks right now that rely on bench space. So there's a lot of decks that won't be able to play it. Like, I don't think Calyrex plays more than one at a time, right? Because if they do, you don't have your Calyrex down. You don't know right. what I'm saying. Bro, you you 100% correct. So. That was pretty dope. I, like, I'm excited for the collectors, although you're never going to find it. Um, so don't even worry about it. Just forget it even exists. The and uh, are cool. Have you seen them? Bro, I've seen all of it. The what? Oh, I'm the mini tins, bro. Oh, bro, I've never seen that. Like, I still haven't seen the, the Shining Fates mini tins. So I don't even, th like, they show us pictures. I don't think they're going to exist, though. Oh, they're like, they're just like, here's what you could have had if we actually made them. Um, I don't know. I I'd like those. I'd like to hang those up. So if you guys get a hold of the mini tins and you just you don't care about them and you want to donate them to me, uh, shoot me a direct message and I'll give you my PO box and you can mail them. Yeah, bro. Yeah, just buy just, them for like two dollars a piece. Two dollars? Yeah, dog, for sure. Because they're not going to be worth seven thousand dollars. <laughs> because what? Like the mini tins, they each have the starters on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the so old, there's like eight and it's... Oh my god, bro. Imagine trying to find the Charmander one. That's going to be the hardest one. I'll pay $5 <laughs> for that one. Bro. <laughs> bro. I know it. It's going to be a pain. 
<laughs> it's gonna be a pain. But what's coming out in Evolving Skies that was announced, and honestly, I think this is super cool. It's the three of the it's the last three pre-release promos that's gonna be out for Evolving Skies because they announced these three. And they announced, what is it, Flaffy, like the good one, the Dynamotor Flaffy that's going to come out in Evolving Skies. It's the Galarian Birds, the baby form of them. And what's super cool about these is they each have the same ability for their respective types. So, like, for example, Galarian Moltres, the best one, the greatest card I have ever seen in my life, has the ability, if you put it on your bench... You can attach two dark energies from your hand to this Pokemon. So it's Darkrai Prism without just being a Prism card. So you can have like four of these things, right? You can just load up the energy. You're chilling. So like... And, and, my, and my man's attack. Yeah, Fiery Wrath. I didn't see what it did, but... uh, It does 50 times or 50 more damage. So 20 plus 50 for each prize card your opponent's taken. Oh my God. So let's say you play it correctly and they've taken five prize cards. You're just swinging for 270. Oh my God. For one attachment. That's true. Because he attaches too dark when he gets played down, you know? Yeah. That, that is true. And then, um, what's the other one? Uh, Galarian Zapdos has the same effect, but with fighting types. What? So, like, so that's pretty dope. Like, you can just accelerate two fighting energies, and I think that pairs very well with, uh, what is it, Galarian Surfetch? You know, the one that moves the fighting energy to it? So, that's rad, bro. That's super rad. That's going to be a, kind of a problem for, um, uh, what is it, Eternatus or any Fighting Week Pokemon? But, like, we've been saying that for years, bro. Every time a new card gets announced, it's like, oh, this is going to be a problem for Eternatus. And yeah, here's oh, e this is going to be a problem for Picarum. Picarum's yeah. still winning. Well, actually, Picarum hasn't been doing well. <laughs> well, it's been it there. Might have, it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. It's still chilling. They're going to find a way. They always find a way, dog. They always find a way. So, and then the third one was Galarian Articuno. Same ability. So you already know. You already know what this is going to be good in. Uh, Dragon Ball. Yes. Or Calyrex. You pick. You That's choose. Freak, yeah. <laughs> you choose. So I'm super excited about those new cards coming out. Uh, I think the pre-release promos are probably going to be bangers, obviously, because they're the Galarian birds, the best birds. They actually make Moltres and uh, all of them cooler than the originals. So that's super hype. I don't know, man. I don't think. Articuno is cooler than the original Articuno. What? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I don't like the whole like mask adventure like Bro, he's a I, he's a spy, bro. He's a spy. Yeah, you can spy me hating on him all day long. That's all I'm saying. He's he's Look. suspect. <laughs> he's suspect. But wow, that was a horrible but. B -b -b but bro, I sound like uh what's it that bu -bu 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 bad to the bone, you know that's not. <laughs> uh, we're going to pretend like that never. All right, happened. so uh let's forget about that. We'll cut that part out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got a special interview for you guys. We're going to go ahead and throw it over to my man True Champion Steven. He started playing Pokemon before he got into Digimon, and we talk about all of it, him and his 15,000 subscribers on YouTube. I'm trying to get there, by the way, so if you're not subbed to the YouTube channel, what is you doing? 
But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and throw it over to him. This interview was brought to you by FlowTK, where you can find all things FlowTK related at FlowTKAllDay.com. We also have merch at FlowTKAllDay.com that you need to be picking up because it's icy dice, see-through dice. You know, you can use them as binoculars if you're down with that stuff. This episode was brought to you by FlowTCast Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash FlowTCast. It is the number one way to support this channel, this podcast, everything. So make sure you guys subscribe on Patreon. Now, here's the interview. Friends, it is an absolute pleasure to bring this man on. He used to play. He, st- he told me right before we started that he dabbles a little bit. He still plays a Pokemon TCG. He said he's going to start back when rotation happens. But mainly, I see this man playing the Digimon card game. Y'all heard of that? It's pretty dope. I played it on stream like a couple times. I'm not that good, but like I played a little bit. So I mean, you're not that good at Pokemon either. So fair, fair enough. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. So you will know him as True Champion Steven on YouTube, although he does spell his name wrong, but that's a misplay <laughs> on his parents' part. And, uh, <laughs> but you know him as that. He's getting pretty big since the Digimon car game has happened. And yeah, it's a pleasure to bring this man on. Steven, how you doing, my dude? Well, first of all, Stefan, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Stephen. Thank you so, so much. The hell's a Stefan? <laughs> <laughs> you say That's you say how your money. name is spelled, there, friend. You saying I'm money on the court, dog? <laughs> uh, anyway it is a pleasure to be here thank you guys so much uh, that's a glowing intro yeah i i i play i play a lot of tcgs digimon pokemon vanguard i think we're going to talk about a lot of things today related to tcgs and i'm just looking forward to it should be yeah. a fun day yeah like vanguard i've honestly never played that game or even looked at it is it fun is it dope that is my main game actually the game really? i played the longest and continue to play the longest yes sir are you like the best player in the in the game or just Oh no! I was a I, I was a pretty high level competitive player for that game. Uh, I won like one of the biggest regionals in history in California, and that was super cool. Went to continentals, worlds, all that fun stuff. But uh, uh, I, I I just love the game and have been playing it for so long that I just can't stop. <laughs> I understand. That's how I am with Pokemon. Every time I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna drop this and play something else. Next thing you know, I'm at a league cup with Scott playing Pokemon. He- he literally quits playing Pokemon six times a year. Like he sells out of everything and then spends the money again to rebuy into it. He can't stop playing as much. I have that can. opposite problem with Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh for a while and then I quit like 10 plus years ago. And like every single month I'll like fill up a card on TCG player being like, we're getting back into Yu-Gi-Oh boys and girls. Here we go. <laughs> and then I just forget about it and I just stop. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I always keep coming back. Cause I'm like, Oh dude, Yu-Gi-Oh so cool right now. They're doing funny stuff. I want to do it, but no, no, no. Bro, I I told myself, what what set was it that, like, I think it was, like, Crystal Wings, Synchro Dragon came out. It was, like, massive Blue Eyes White Dragon support was coming out. Mm. It was, like, five I was, like, what, 2016? Yeah, 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 2016, I think, was that one, like, yeah. I had just quit before that set came out, and I told myself, if I, if I don't buy into this set when it drops, I'm never playing Yu-Gi-Oh! again. And I didn't buy mm. into it, so I never played again. Well, there you go. That hey, if blue eyes can't bring you back, I don't think anything can. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, what do you want to know? Uh, first well, of all, you said you're from California. Yes, sir. Born and raised. 
Where at? What, uh, what part of California? Uh, more like the southern state. part of California. So I never say the actual city I live in because no one's ever heard of it. Uh, but I live like in between San Diego and L.A. I'm basically a stopgap between either of those two things. Are you closer okay. to San Clemente or Oceanside? Definitely Oceanside, but I go to San Clemente all the time, too. Oh, man, <laughs> I was stationed out there in Pendleton. Oh, I used to. Yeah, I, I actually uh, for a while I was actually going to become an officer in the Navy myself. And I used to go up to Pendleton all the time. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, not for <laughs> me. I was enlisted. I would have probably had disdain for you. But uh, yeah, I was <laughs> sustained. I love that. <laughs> I was I was uh, stationed out there for two years. I loved it. Oh, my God. Oh, 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 I got a question. Oh, how it's you, beautiful. I, lo- I love living out here. Yeah. How do you feel about In-N-Out Burger? I just had in and out today. Oh, <laughs> I love I love in and out. He knows, bro. Oh my gosh. Bro, in and out's not that great. Like I don't know why everybody's got such a crazy like Here's here's like the thing. Like I do think in and out gets like a little overhyped, but like I think world and I'm like that's not I wouldn't I would never say that, but it's definitely the best fast food burger in the world i mean if you compare it to like the mcdonald's the burger kings like it's a cut above the rest in terms of quality and just overall flavor if you're going to compare it to like mcdonald's cardboard patty sure it's great well that's that's its competition you know that's what it is water burger exists in texas maybe it does (laughs) that's true i guess if if in and out's your only option for a halfway decent fast food burger Halfway so decent. Out, it's the best burger. It's, okay. It's it's better than McDonald's. It's better let me ask you something, Scott. Scott, let me ask you something. Do people drive to Texas to go to Whataburger? People drive to California to get in and out. Oh, hundred percent. If <laughs> like, like, let me tell you this. If I didn't have a Whataburger in Alabama, I would once a year drive to Texas for Whataburger. Bro, I'm <laughs> actually I'm actually going to be in Texas in a couple weeks. And I'm not hyped about Waterburger. I'm hyped that there's an in and out there, bro. Like that, that's what we're dealing with. When my sister was uh, lived in Arizona, I used to visit her, and we would get Waterburger. And I gotta admit, it was a great burger. I loved the sauce; it was lovely. But I, I still think I prefer In and Out. But not. I, I don't. I've never once said In and Out is like the greatest burger of all time. If, if I want the greatest burger of all time, I'll go to Shake Shack or I'm like my own. Yo, Shake yeah. Shack is what's up, though. I'm not even gonna lie. I'll agree with you 100 percent on that shake, shake shack is like a higher echelon like it's more like oh, yeah. a boutique burger it's not really a fast food burger they got those crinkle cut fries that's how you know it's a different different animal yeah <laughs> for sure i've never had yeah i've never had shake shack i always get them mix mixed up with steak and shake but i know mm, they're not the no, same thing completely different. no i yeah, like the name just the name because it's like shake shack and steak and shake it's almost so like when somebody says it since i never had it i'm like Steak and Shake's not that good. And they're like, no, <laughs> Shake Shack. They're like, oh, I've never had that. <laughs> mm. So so a uh, little, little side story here, then we'll get back to the interview. The first time I had Shake Shack, I was delivering food for Postmates. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that or not. But um, so I was delivering food and we stopped in. Not we stopped in, but I stopped in to pick up somebody's order. And it smelled so good that I was like halfway tempted to like not bring it to the person. But I guess my hesitation or whatever the case may be caused it to take too long. And he canceled the order as I was pulling onto a street. So uh, if the order's canceled, I have to keep it anyhow. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to eat this. And I sat that guy, the end of that guy's street right next to the stop sign, eating his order, staring at his house like, sorry, bud. It was right here. You could have had it. My favorite thing about that story is how much 
much your vibe is just eating food in like your car in front of some stranger's house. That's like the biggest vibe I've ever heard. It's, I love that. I do that. I do that probably like once a week. I, tr- I travel for my job. Let's not make it a little weird. I probably should have led with that one. <laughs> no, no, it's fine, bro. Just, you know, as long as, you know, you're comfortable and you don't make them uncomfortable, you can sit in front of anybody's house, I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, so you're from California, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Southern California, which is obviously, in my opinion, the best part of California. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you lived anywhere else? You moved around when you were growing up, or no? Just- I've been, I've been like in the same like radius of like twenty-ish miles from my house I grew up in. But when I went away to college, I went to San Diego, not that far, I know. But it was like going to a whole different place because living in San Diego in like what I would call a bigger city. Uh, it was just it was just so intense, but I I really enjoyed it. And and like being a mecca for culture that California is, it just was a nice just way for me to kind of explore without having to actually leave the state. Uh, a funny thing, actually, though, I was actually planning on doing like this big like road trip across Eastern Europe and Asia when I graduated college last year. But then guess what happened? Coco spoiled all of my plans. I had a passport for no no reason and i was just so upset uh but i think this summer i might actually get some of the traveling in uh maybe towards the latter half of the year too oh 100 percent, man you got to get out there and you got to see everything i mean california is great but uh you know alabama is better not, not to not to hear you <laughs> when i oh no oh, oh oh you own Oh, you know what? I went, when I got to go to Worlds 2018 for Pokemon and I visited Tennessee for the actual first time, I was like, I knew it. I knew I would love this place. It was so wonderful. We had like a fun week long trip before the actual event. And I was like, yeah, that this is this is my kind of place. I could I could grow up here and live here for sure. Oh, Nashville is like I, I used to call it like my sleeper great city um, mm. where it's like nobody was talking about it, but it was an incredible place. Now it's like blown up and I'm like. Well, it's one of the best cities, <laughs> but San Diego's up there too. I was when I was mm-hmm. out there for that. I was like, man, I've never seen a city so beautiful. But so, what got like what got you into like trading card games? Being out there, oh, trading card games. Well, I honestly, I've just played trading card games ever since I can remember. I mean. My sisters like collected the original Pokemon TCG, but we never knew how to play. Uh, we would do that thing of like my my HP's bigger, so I win, or my my Pokemon beat yours in the anime, so I win, or whatever the make makeup rules we had that day were. Uh, but it wasn't. I didn't get serious about it until I guess I started playing Yu Gi Oh when I was like six or seven, and that was just because of the anime. I was like, hey, look, that thing I saw on TV's in the store, Mom. Can you buy it for me? And then I was like taking it to school and I found other kids that did it. And eventually it evolved into me learning about it, playing every now and then, maybe even going to a tournament or two um, after a while. But then some other things happened. I ended up quitting Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was like 14. And then I kind of took like a hiatus from TCGs for a while, but then picked up Vanguard around the age of 15. And ever since then, I've been I've been playing as many TCGs as I can get my hands on. And the ones that stick are the ones that don't die. There. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That is true. Um, I'm a stickler for beginning TCGs, brand new TCGs, and then like I always get super depressed when I have like boxes and boxes of full of this TCG that just doesn't exist after like three weeks of me playing it. No, oh, I just I just miss them in general. I got I, I have so many heartbreakers, man. It's it's it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I get sad because I like Final Fantasy TCG. I started mm. collecting them just because I'm a big fan of the series. 
and nobody around here plays. And I'm just like, I got these boxes of cards. I'm like, what am I, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> That's honestly the worst. When like a game is actually really good and thriving, you're like, I want to get into it. But not a single person in your area <laughs> actually plays it. And you're like, damn. That's actually a really good thing that's been happening with all the remote fights and stuff that have happened for other games like Yu-Gi-Oh! Vanguard and Digimon is like, I don't need to go to my actual card shop to play this game. I can just boot up a Discord call and have some fun. So I'm yeah. like, that's that's pretty sick. That is cool that they I've thought about doing it, but I always like I'm like ADHD when it comes to hobbies, because it was like right when I got into Final Fantasy, uh, one of our local homies was like, yo, try Digimon with me. And then I tried playing that. And it's like, all right, let me just drop 400 on this card game. Real <laughs> yeah, <quick."> that's <laughs> oh, that is those are like, oh, my gosh. It, I'm actually a very like fisky, like no, not fisky. What's the word? Like finicky kind of guy when it comes to spending money. But I will drop whatever it takes to build a certain deck I need to build for an event or just one that I really like. I don't doesn't matter to me. I just feel I'm all about that utility, baby. I just feel empty when I just have like a starter deck. I'm like, this is lame. Like I'm better than this. <laughs> I like it for when it serves its purpose of like actually teaching me. But once I'm ready and like in the muck and I want to get going, I'm like, what, what do I got to do? Tell me what I got to do. I'll do it. So exactly. speaking of Digimon, well, no, we'll talk about the Pokemon thing first, because you started content creating and I think you started with Vanguard and Pokemon, right? Yeah. So the actually I started with three. I started with Vanguard, Pokemon and Dragon Ball Super, the three main games that I was playing competitively at the time. And that was around my junior year of college, like three ish years ago, a little less than three years ago. So what like what got you in the content creating mindset? I guess we'll like go from starting there to Digimon because you picked up Digimon. Later. Yeah, I, I picked up Digimon in the middle of everything. So yeah. uh, the, the initial start just came from like people telling me it might be a good idea because I, I, I don't know if you guys have known this kind of person, but I was the person in my local card shop where whenever someone wanted to come into the community and learn how to play a game that they didn't know how to play, people would just like nominate me and be like, oh, Steven will teach you how to do it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I've taught hundreds of people to play Pokemon, Vanguard, uh, and now, thanks to my videos, uh, <laughs> thousands of people to play Digimon. So uh, uh, I, I think it just came out for me, like knowing that, oh, I have this background of like enjoying educating people on the games, maybe getting more competitive like I like to be or just overall finding their own experience. And when I actually went to like the Pokemon worlds, which felt like to me, like the mecca of people that love playing this game. Uh, to like an unhealthy degree at some point, uh, I got to just be like exposed to all that. And I'm like, you know what? This community is so much more than just the people in my shop. I want to find a way to connect with them and do like more than what I'm doing. And a cool thing I thought of doing was like becoming a bridge for people. Like, oh, you know, there's the Pokemon community, there's the Vanguard community, there's the DBS community, and so many other TCG communities. But like, in in their minds, they're separate. But in my mind, no, we're all together. It's like a hop skip and a jump to start like in another one easy because they're so similar they draw on a lot of the same feelings of like success and like drive that i just really enjoy so i'm like i'm gonna make my channel around the things that i do and to become competitive in the games that i play and hopefully people will learn something from that and hopefully people might even discover something like a new love for a game they didn't know existed so that's like the driving force of the reason i made content and eventually i just started loving it you know and actually streaming on twitch and making videos and interacting with people in ways i never had before was just like so crazy uh and so it's just been a thing that i do every now and then and that's pretty much it that's what's up man i um uh, i got into it the like the same way almost but more like 
to like bring a family together and just be there to support one of another and you mm. know also because I have a kid at the house and I need to do something so like... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so oh go ahead Scott yeah all right so you play all these games right so you play four games mainly right or so okay well, I, I I no longer play DBS I had to quit okay. DBS because of uh, school and time and just not being able to be that competitive and everything else right now I'm really only playing two mainly but I do plan on adding Pokemon by the end of the year okay so you have like a million things to do right you have like all these games going on you know you're creating content for them and stuff like where do you find the time for all that because you also said you work right so you have a job yes. you're you graduated yes sir so you graduated so you don't have school anymore but you still have you know employment which is a time vampire we all know that mm -hmm. and you're playing two games i'm assuming you sound like a super competitive guy right so you're probably i, I always like try to be on the cutting edge of a lot of things yeah so so you're just playing and like if you're like me if you're not actively playing you're looking stuff up like where do you find the time to manage all that because i know a lot of people struggle with that um, yeah and they don't content create so you you're doing all that and creating content like is it just the love for it or do you just make the time or do you just naturally stumble across the time like explain that process to us so it's never really a lack of motivation i'm always motivated to stay in these games as long as i like playing them that's just the point if i stop liking playing the game i'm gonna i'm gonna stop but if I don't not like it, no, if I continue to like it, I'm going to keep playing it. So that's fine. Uh, but the real problem when it comes to like the content creation part is like I don't put pressure on myself to make content about the games if I'm not actively playing them at that time. So I'll go through phases of like, oh, there's a Vanguard tournament coming up next week. I'm going to do some heavy Vanguard testing, make sure I'm caught up to date, get ready for that. Maybe I'll do a video or two on the decks. I'm thinking about the games that I'm playing, uh, my overall mentality. Um, the reason why I'm making so much Digimon content right now is I'm just playing Digimon a lot. And so I just find myself naturally creating that content. And it doesn't really feel like I'm doing anything extra besides just living my life and kind of just exposing the world to my process of thinking and getting better at this game. And that's that's really how it is. It's not necessarily I'm creating anything. I'm just kind of like documenting my experience as a player and the most authentic way to do that is just to show off the games i'm playing at that moment so for example uh, a few weeks ago we were doing some vanguard stuff uh some of the first big tournaments in years and i'm like oh i'm gonna make some vanguard content because i'm i'm thinking about that right now but right now i'm not because the next tournament isn't for a couple of months and new sets are coming out once those come out i'll, I'll start playing again going to locals and doing more things so it's not necessarily that i'm lacking the motivation to play any of these games at all at once it's more just like i'm picking my moments to make content about them based on when I'm actually playing them. And that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I feel that. That's the same thing here. Balancing, like, it, it, it can be time-consuming, yet at the same time, it's like, it's not. Because, you know, I do have a, a wife and kids, and I work. and mm -hmm. But, like, doing content, it's not because you feel like you have to. It's because, like... It, like you said, it's like just a documentation, just like this podcast is. It's just like documenting what's happened in the last when we started. So I can relate to that, too. And as somebody who plays every game that comes up, like I said, I'm like ADHD when it comes to games. Next thing you know, I'm streaming Final Fantasy 14 for six days in a row for no reason <laughs> to like one person. Yeah, for... They're like, nobody wants to watch this. And it's like, but I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And like, that's like another thing, too, is like, 
I don't do this because it's a business that I'm trying to create. So I don't put pressure on myself to find success. Like if this all ended tomorrow, no one watched a single one of my videos ever again. My life would still go on. I'd still play all these games and I'd be just fine. Like it does not matter to me that much. I know people depend on me for a lot of things and I do my best to kind of like adhere to what they want and, and, and do right by them. Cause I really do care about my fans and my community, but it's also just like, I got to care about me first. I got to care about my life first. And so it's really simple to prioritize those things before prioritizing any of this, especially the card games or especially even more the content creation itself. That's fair. I mean, I guess that's a good way to look at it. Like, yeah, that is I, it. I, I can't. I find time for the podcast because I love doing the podcast. I love talking about what I love. Um, I've tried my favorite thing a hundred times. And, you know, it, 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 I guess it's just the motivation because I, you know, I I feel like I have to. So maybe I just need to look at it like you do. That'd be great. And and that's another thing too. Like I, I know fellow content creators that put so much pressure on themselves, be like upload every single day about everything that I do or everything I want to do and maximize everything. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is how you fail and burn out and not enjoy yourself anymore. Like if you're not enjoying yourself, no one's going to enjoy watching you talk about the thing you're talking about. That's just a straight up fact. Focus on you. Focus on just overall finding that joy and finding that experience that you want to just harvest and make correct or uh, fulfill yourself and then document that and put that out there and then you're good to go. Yeah, for sure. I tried that one time. <laughs> I was like, I was my like, man said he's gonna stream every day, yeah. every day for an entire month. And he dude, I like, could never oh, do that. I, I, I've done, I, I've gone like hard, but that's mainly just out of having nothing else to do. You know, I'm just like, I may as well. Like, like streaming is easy, but like really committing to like making videos and like growing a content creation like business and career, that's hard. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a grind. And I don't want to put that kind of pressure on myself. I just want to make videos with the things that I enjoy and hopefully have other people enjoy those things too or discover things that maybe they didn't know about. That's it. For sure, man. For sure. But you got to grind though. So you can get that light, that sponsorship with In and Out, dog. Oh my God, you'd be the best person. <laughs> oh my God, the spot, dude. If hey, if In and Out wants to call me tomorrow, I am available. I'm I'm I'm, I'm always available for sponsorships. But it's one of those things again of just like, I, it's just whatever, man. Yeah, for I'll sure. I'll take it for, for sure. If although it about, although my phone it, will always be happened, on for them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Pokemon. My phone's always on for you. Just call me whenever. I don't care. <laughs> Did you Bro, want the to? Day TPC, <laughs> the day TPCI calls us is to tell us that we're canceled. I, I'm sorry. Oh I got my God. You are 100%. <laughs> yeah. What do, Scott, what do we do if they're like, don't swear on your podcast and we'll sponsor you? What do we do? Uh, we say, fuck you. I'm a goddamn American <laughs> hero and continue on with our lives. No, I'll be like, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not the flow T cast anymore. We're just, I mean, we we're can just do the, the good flow. cop, bad cop thing. That's sure. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. we can, good cop, bad cop. <laughs> All right. So Digimon, you got into <clears throat> Digimon. What, what is, what was the thing that got you into it? And what's the mechanic of the game that keeps you into it? Oh, so COVID is the reason I started playing Digimon. Uh, honestly, like if we didn't have Coco, I wouldn't be playing Digimon. That's just a fact. Uh, because, 
like I basically stopped playing DBS because of my last six months of college was super brutal and really tough. And I wanted to like graduate early. So I put a ton of pressure on myself over there and I had to like devote a lot of time. And so I just could not play three card games as competitively as I was at that time. And then by the time I finished college, I was like, oh man, my time's open. We got everything going back to DBS, going back to Pokemon as hard as possible. And of course playing Vanguard like always, but then Coco happened no anytime soon can't go to locals can't do anything i'm like well uh what do i do now and i realized that there was a new game happening in japan about digimon i've always liked the digimon franchise personally grew up watching the animes i knew of the older digimon card games i even played the 2015 digimon fusion game when it first came out and it was low-key super lit and i I was like that's awesome It was great. It was around for two months, and it was fantastic. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I actually have some vintage uh, booster packs over here, too, which is very nice. I call them vintage. They're six years old. It's fine. Uh, But, yeah, so I've always liked it, and a friend of mine told me it's super cool. It's only in Japanese. doesn't exist in English yet and might not ever exist in English. So I'm like, you know what? This is a super nice, laid-back, no-consequences kind of thing for me just to invest my time in and entertain myself. And then I was like still making up the content as well because Vanguard Zero had just come out. It was a really cool mobile game that I was making content for. Got a little traction with that. And so I was like, you know what? Time for me to document this experience because I'm sure there's others out there that like this game and might want to look up some stuff. Let's talk about that on the channel as well. And uh, ever since then, I've been hooked. And then the mechanic that keeps me coming back, I mean, I don't really know. Like, There's so much about the game that I enjoy. Uh I just really like the memory uh, gauge. It's like a very unique thing that I've never really seen in other games. I know I know it existed in a couple of deck builders and whatever uh, Chrono Clash was, uh, which is super cool. Uh, and I, I just find it a fun way to kind of put interaction in a game that doesn't necessarily have any interaction in it, which is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I think the memory gauge thing is awesome. Uh, Scott, you can, you know, fall asleep if you want, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> we were. Basically, uh, ba- basically, imagine if in Pokemon, every time you played an energy, your opponent would be as well. That's kind of how it works. You get to do stuff equally or even more so. Oh, so it's like you play this silly game where you have to, at the same time of building your own board, say you have to make sure you don't give them the resources to build theirs as much on their turn i played bam like you that. figured it out right there that's like what, the cool what, interaction man? within it i got two decks scott you can come over whenever t- whenever you <laughs> want See, here's the thing and i was explaining this right before you hopped on um i've literally never watched a single episode of digimon You're... i've never played any of the video games all i know from digimon is being like a young guy and seeing the orange one and being like who the is this bootleg Charmander <laughs> right now? Oh, that's not bootleg. That's Agumon. To a grown man or whatever. Like he was like grown. Like he like evolved into like a grown angel guy. <laughs> he or whatever. was grown. And I was like, Who the f- like why? What the? <laughs> no, no. Get this out of here. And then somebody was like, "It's Digimon. It's all digital." And I was like, "Or like you know, it's different from Pokemon. It's it's not the same." And I was like, "It's not the same." You're right. It was like Johnny was like, "Hey." Little Chris, let me get your homework. I'll change some things. <laughs> and then just put Mon on the end of everything and called it a day. Bro, did you ever watch yeah. that YouTube series of like this guy pitting like two different characters together and who would win in a fight? Scott. Oh, the death battles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The death, the, yeah. They did a War Greymon versus Charizard one, bro. 
Or Greymon I mean, slaughtered the man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense because he has like 14 evolutions. Charizard stops at two, bro. <laughs> Charizard no, like, can mega adult, evolve, but like... As an adult, I can I understand that it's completely different franchises, and the only similarity is like, I mean, they evolve, sure, and they're little creatures, and they all started as like kind of the same concept-ish, but they grew into two separate things. So as an adult, I can see that, but I have no idea what anything Digimon is. You might as well, well that's the cool, like, like that that's Digimon like the really cool th- the same universe. For sure, me, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually the really cool thing about Digimon. Like, I actually know people that are learning about Digimon because of this game, and they kind of released it around the same time as the rebooted anime they're doing. So, like, like we're in, like, in this new renaissance for just, like, the Digimon franchise as a whole, and so we're getting a ton of new people that are discovering uh, this whole thing. So I would actually argue, like, you don't need to like Digimon to like this game because the reasons why I play it honestly have nothing to do with Digimon. But the reasons I discovered it do so like it's like it's it's like that idea of like the only reason I walk in is because Agumon's on the door, but the reason I stay is because the game's cool. That's fair, bro. That's I fair. I agree a hundred percent. I went to a card shop. I think it was like right before they did their big release. What was it? January was when it was technically released. So there's the yeah. So there was the pre-sale, and then the official release was around February, I believe. Yeah. The uh, pre-sale, I went to our card shop down here, and they had the actual red starter deck, and it had War Graymon mm-hmm. on it. I was like, yes, I can complete the Saturday morning cartoon Holy Trinity of Blue Eyes, White Dragon, <laughs> War Graymon, and Charizard. So I picked the War Graymon deck up and looked online, and of course it was like $50. I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I paid $10 for this thing. But, uh... But that's like that. That's when it like the seed was planted. Also, I pulled the alternate art Kentaurus Mon. Not a big deal, <laughs> dude. Starter deck packs are cracked. The, it can't confirm, but I know it's true. <laughs> Why Wait, is that? On. No, hold on. The starter decks come with packs. a booster pack. Yeah. A booster pack. Yeah, that's in English they do. The greatest idea I've ever heard. Yeah. Why don't other card games do that? So in Japan, the decks were five dollars. Uh, so they wanted to charge more here, so they put a booster pack in them. That's why they can charge more here. <laughs> Bro. That's actually that's insane. Like Pokemon, listen up. Yeah, just, a booster put, just, pack. just put a booster in pack the in there. Decks. <laughs> that's the one thing I've always hated about Pokemon, man. Like they do not understand starter decks at all. They don't. They don't do nothing right with their structures, man. They only do right by the boosters. That's it. Like well, Yu-Gi-Oh structure decks are insane. Digimon structure decks the, are insane. The structure decks now are getting. Yeah, the better. I mean, even the starter decks include a lot of staples um, in Pokemon, and the different level structure decks are like gods here. Like the the battle, what is the it? league battle, battle decks? League battle decks are pretty. Oh good. yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are those are pretty cool. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm talking about like the old days. Like like the we had starter decks for like 15 years. <laughs> theme decks. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Oh, those are garbo, bro. bro those every are iteration horrible. of every hop card that's ever existed, you're gonna get 16 of those in every starter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your Straw search card is gonna be a pokeball. You, you may or may not get to search. Yeah, they're they're bad. Although they do come out with like the Charizard ones, and they're worth like seven million dollars in like ten years. So just hold on to them. That's fine. But um, hilarity. Did uh oh did like scalping hit Digimon hard like in the beginning? Oh oh oh, we were yeah yeah we were hit way way hard with that. But it's not necessarily like 
because people are just buying out everything. It's because we had a high level of just natural demand and the supply chains were effed up because they were created in the middle of cocoa. And so it was super hard uh, to consistently get stuff out on time. We had delays for product. Uh, Distributors wouldn't send promo packs that they were supposed to send with things. Like, and people took advantage of that, obviously. Uh, And when Target would finally get their stuff, they would be cleaned out and no one else would have it. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's getting better. Uh, it's still hard for a lot of people to get like niche things like promos and like specific rarities on the secondary market. Uh, but I think the overall booster sets are getting a lot better. And starter decks, I haven't really heard that much of an issue anymore. But again, uh, it all depends on how the next wave goes, I think. Okay. So that explains why there's like a yellow Digimon promo card that's like 30 bucks. That I need. Oh, Bo, yeah, Pulsemon. Yep, yeah. that's a that's a very important card that if you didn't go to the pre-release for set four, it's going to be very get hard to get your hands on. Yeah. I think he does get reprinted in set five. I could be I could be incorrect about that, but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why oh. I've been built War Greymon is because I see that card and I'm like, oh, he's definitely not needed for that deck. Oh. He's just like super sick. We we actually originally weren't even supposed to get that card at the time that War Greymon came out because he came out as a set five promo in japan but we got him during set four and i'm like no no sorry no he came out as a vital bracelet promo yeah in in order to get P- pulsemon in japan you had to buy the fitbit poke uh, digimon thing uh they had this like pokemon go like fitbit thing but instead of pokemon it's digimon <laughs> oh my god and oh. in order to get him you had to get that because <laughs> he's like oh. the digimon that's like themed around that whole product it's actually really cool i've heard but i'm like i'm not and it's coming to english actually too but we got the promo just by playing the game so that's pretty cool so the promos aren't like just reprints like like no they make actually unique cards yeah there are some alternate art ones but those are more uh local tournament promos uh kind of like your pre-release promos but just uh you, you, you have to do well in events to get them uh but there's uh, uh box topper promos there's dash packs which are special kind of packs you can get for like buying a specific number of boosters or a specific number of boxes uh, and then of course there's uh pre-release promos now uh it's looking like they're changing it though like the next wave is going to be uh reprints so i think they've learned their lesson about bringing out really nice cards yeah. as promos uh but th- th- it still will happen uh, it's gonna happen in the starter decks uh, for the next wave, so. Right. But those are starter decks, though. Better to nip that in the bud than to end up like Yu-Gi-Oh, you know? like Yu-Gi-Oh or, or, or Vanguard. Vanguard has the same problem with promos, yeah. yeah. I remember Dragon Ball did, too. I don't know if they still do or not, but, like, I remember, like, when Dragon Ball first came out, I dabbled in it for a little bit, and there was, like, a Gohan that was, like, $70 because it was a tournament promo. Oh, you mean, I, I think you mean Goten. Maybe it was yeah. Go- No, there was no, a you- Super Saiyan 2 Gohan, too, right? Super Saiyan 2 Gohan. I can't remember. Maybe maybe later on than when I started playing, but I remember Goten being a big one. I also remember in the classic Dragon Ball Z Panini, that special... What was the event? I want to say it was some kind of... Uh, Gen, oh, Gen Con. There was this special Gen Con Krillin promo, and he was, like, insanely good, uh, but you could only get it if you went to Gen Con. And so he became super expensive for uh, for the older Dragon Ball Z game. You know not to flex or anything on Dragon Ball Super because I've never played the game, but I do have some of the, uh, I think they were the special promo, like before the game came out, they send card stores, like these clear bags full of a deck and like rules and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Demo decks. The demo decks. Yeah, I'm sitting on a solid 16 of them. 
that I have no idea where they came from. They're just in my house. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah I, yeah, I think it's that Super Saiyan Blue Goku that says, like, victory on the card. I have yeah, a couple 100%. of those. Yeah, it's the most ridiculous thing I've seen. Like, I'm a fan <laughs> of the anime, and I look at this card, and I'm like, every day, I'm like, I want to open this to kind of see. And then I'm like, I can't do that to myself, because I don't want to go hard into anything else right now. <laughs> yeah. My wife would kill me if I was buying fishing poles, Pokemon, and was like, hey, I'm going to pick up this card game. It'll be fine. It was like last year I picked up like a Shenron Gogeta deck and uh, mm. just to have it, and I never, I never did anything with it. <laughs> I, was just, mm. I was a fan of Gogeta. So like, what, what are the, because uh, this is for me personally, what are like some of the best decks in the format for Digimon right now? Well, actually, you know, something very, very funny. I just posted a video. Oh, sorry. It's going to be oh. posted by probably the end of us recording this about the top five meta decks for this format, which is just hilarious. But uh, <laughs> right now, <laughs> the best decks, <laughs> I'm definitely ready to answer this question. Uh, so no question, Yellow is like the number one deck to beat. Everyone's radar. They got to be ready for it. Otherwise, you're not going to have a fun time. Get ready to play against it. Stuff like that. It's our ADP for all the Pokemon fans out there. Uh, but there are plenty of strategies that are good against it. And there's definitely some awkward situations. And what I've noticed is the format is actually kind of slowing down as a result. Because the deck is actually really good at controlling your opponent's board. Uh, just inherently by being a yellow deck. And so people are just like hiding in their raising area, which is like a place where you can like be invincible from your opponent's effects. Uh, and then they bring out their biggest boy to do a really powerful value play that sets the War Greymon player back so far that even if they do their crazy thing, they still won't be able to win. Uh, and there's a lot of decks like Green, or specifically Green OTK slash Hercules Kabuterimon, Nidhogmon. Uh, there's some Blue Imperial slash rookie rush variants that are really good against it in terms of like stopping it and uh, my personal favorite but not everyone's favorite is a uh, yellow red security control which is like a just a, a degenerate control deck uh, that can just stop everything it does uh, which is really nice and so that's kind of like the meta it's like king of the hill like we got yellow war Greymon up there and then all these decks are trying to take them down but in the process they're kind of like killing each other too if they ever fight against each other up there and then eventually one will rise to the top and that's who wins said events so there's like I got this uh this thing in one when I purchased the black starter deck to build my War mm -hmm. Greymon thing. There's like a case tournament or half case. Uh, I don't know what store. It's like July 10th. Can I win that thing with Shine Greymon or do I need to build War Greymon? Well, fun fact for you, Shine Greymon is one of those decks that I think actually thrives in like the meta of people like hiding in their raising area because no deck just likes free turns more than Shine just to be able to play a Tamer card every single turn. Um, I will say it is a little scary if they decided just to kind of bum rush you, but because you're playing a yellow deck, they might think you're playing Yellow War Gray, and so they just won't attack you because they're like, oh, we don't want to give you a free Andrew Woman. Oh, no, that could be super scary. You want to know it's even scarier he's here's three tamers and a shine your board's gone bye-bye <laughs> it's, it's really funny and there's like and there like a big like event going on all month next month or something i think I yeah there's a thing called the uh evolution cup i believe it is uh and i think there's gonna be two weekends in july uh that we're gonna get back-to-back -back events here in the u.s and then all over the world and there's tons of cool prizes mainly just alternate arts but we get like specific like packs that'll have alternate art versions of specific cards that are of the ones they've revealed are all beautiful so, yeah. and this is 
all online still or yes as far as i know the event will be remote so it's so we don't have access to an official online client like ptcgo so we have to do like actual remote sanctioned tournaments where we play right. from our own house with a camera on our playmat, and we just play Digimon from all over the world. Uh, Bandai actually has a thing, too, the company that owns the game, called Bandai Connect, where you're able to join a Discord server and play with anyone randomly all over the world. It's not ranked or anything. It's just like an automatic like fight setup, and it was originally set up for just Japan, but eventually they kind of outsourced it and spread it to the rest of the world, which is pretty cool. That um that actually that is really amazing. dope. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And I gotta say, like, I I was a bit taken aback. I was like, I'm gonna be in my room, but at a regional level event. And I'm like, I can't, I can't like end my round, go to my friends, and like shit talk for ten minutes before the next round starts. I just like take a nap or something. I'm like, what am I gonna do? But uh, I found it actually really relaxing. Like, if I do like get a bad beat and I'm like a little upset, I'll just be upset feel my feelings and then move on to the next round like nothing happened i was like oh that's this is like a super nice i can grow i can go make a sandwich in between rounds if i'm getting hungry i don't have to like beg a friend to go down to a gas station to give me a beef jerky stick so that way i can sustain myself for the next 10 hours of top cut no no, no i can just relax it's actually really really nice hey he you know, said you're not beef. buying those 12 dollar nachos you know what i'm saying he, he said beef jerky in this thing, so that means I won the draft last week. You didn't win? No. Yes, I did. Stop. Yes, I did. There's a draft for what people say? Uh, no. no, no. So we had this, uh, like, road trip snack bag, like, build your perfect grocery list for the road trip uh, draft, like a snake draft. So, like, fantasy football draft, but it was, like, snacks and drinks and stuff. And Maxlow swears he wins, but everybody's dogging him on Twitter for choosing full throttle. Like that was his drink of choice. <laughs> uh, you you, you got to go diet Red Bull, water, and Coke just all at once. You that's, that's what you need if you're gonna drive far. Yeah, well, uh, you can only get one drink. Oh what? No, you can't cocktail in your own car. Come no, on, no, no, not for this draft. We had to go miscellaneous item: uh, candy, chocolate, a, a snack. And, and then a drink. That, those were the five. Oh, right. That was your lineup is what you had to pick. And I won, but like nobody wants to admit it because apparently full throttle's not on people's radar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like full throttle isn't on full throttle's radar. Bro. It's, like the guys that own full throttle still drink Monster Energy, guaranteed. Bro, it's jet diesel, bro. What do you know? <laughs> I I work with jet diesel every day. Bro, it's that, full throttle is not. Pump it in your veins, big dog. Like it's so good. Oh my gosh. So anyway. so here's one thing that I wanted to ask somebody that you know competes at a higher level at these online events and things that are webcam based and things. So uh, I've played TCGs for many years. I started with Yu-Gi-Oh! I play Pokemon. I've always been super competitive with everything. After uh, today, he's playing Digimon. After <laughs> today, I'm not playing Digimon, but I'll sure get good good enough at it to be better than Maxlow. Um, <laughs> so cheating has always like existed. Like You put cards in somebody's hands because cards are easy to manipulate and things like that, and people get too competitive and too ahead of themselves. They cheat, right? We We know it happens in every card game. So one of the biggest fears for me for like a webcam tournament would be I can't see that. I can't judge how my opponent's reacting kind of thing. You know, like I don't know if he's cheating. So how is Bandai or just card games in general combating that? Or is it just like, hey, we're making the best out of what we have and people are on the honor system. They're not cheating, hopefully, you know, because not being able to cut my deck or my opponent's deck, like 
gives me an anxiety attack every time, you know? So is it just like honor or is there somebody watching or what, you know, how do they combat it? Yeah, so uh, obviously cheating will always be a ever-present problem in all TCG forms, but it's just like this is the newest era of like, oh, the cheating problem is still around, which is just how do we deal with online cheaters? And uh, it's been a problem. It was originally a super big problem in the Yu-Gi-Oh! community. They've taken some parameters like your hand must be shown on the table at all times when handling the cards. Uh, your opponent is allowed to di- to dictate like how many cards you cut from the top of your deck to the bottom and after uh, you shuffle at any point. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other things. Uh, but the main one that I've kind of like understood and the kind of mentality that I have is we're, we're all playing in this event and people just sometimes like like my. my OK, so cheating is a problem. And, and, and I think there are parameters in place nowadays that it can de- it can be dealt with in the remote fight space. And so I just trust people. <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of those things of like, I will not suspect the worst unless it is like clear or it's like awful and then that's where like the sneaky cheaters can like get away with stuff but i'm also like well sneaky cheating feels kind of hard with all the parameters around remote fighting so i'm just like i feel insulated from the fact that i truly believe when people are at at tournaments and people in card games in general just aren't dicks and so we're just gonna assume everything's gonna go well and i've personally never played in a digimon tournament that's been webcam that's had a cheating incident myself personally i've never experienced one never seen one i have seen it for Yu-Gi-Oh events and i've heard about some stories from other events but i was never a part of them so i can't really know for sure and as a judge for pokemon and as someone who has called a judge to watch a game because someone was acting a little fishy um i can safely say i've never lost the game to someone cheating that's what's up that's and i know you play a, a decent amount right like once a week once every other week i try i try to get in in like at least one to two remote uh, Digimon locals or remote locals uh, in general every single week, yeah. That's yeah. So that's that's pretty good, especially for something like that. Now, um, I know you mostly you stream your events, right? Uh, yeah. So whenever I do stream, or sorry, whenever I do a remote local or a remote event, I do stream it nowadays. I didn't for a while because I was kind of just getting used to the whole mm-hmm. idea of like just playing from my computer and stuff. So I get that weird. Uh, but then I was like, Oh wait, I'm just like streaming the game that I play. And then afterwards, like my chat is my group of friends that I would like shoot the shit yeah. with in between rounds. So I'm like, Oh, I can like fill in that missing gap of this experience through streaming. And uh, it's been lovely. Yeah. So you haven't had any like issues with stream sniping or anything. Have you? Well, my opponents see what I show the stream. Right, oh, like it's yeah, the same. It's the same camera. Sense. It's yeah, the yeah. it's the same thing. I get, like they're gonna see like the video. It's not like I'm I'm showing up my hand of the stream while I'm playing. You guys can't see me or hear me on the podcast, but I'm holding up my hand of the camera. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> I I do that. It's just no, no, no. They see what I what I show them, and that's what the stream sees as well. Okay, yeah, because that's like something in like our Pokemon community. Because you know, and when you yeah, stream PDC on- Joe, yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. So I didn't know if there was like a situation like that for you guys like doing a webcam thing i need to really get into webcam stuff <laughs> it's a it's really you know what it's it's so like here's what I, here's how i describe it like in real life you'll have the extremes you'll have the best moments with friends you'll ever have 
but you'll also have like the truly toxic moments of like a really awkward silence with your opponent that like just got a bad beat or someone like actually screaming and flipping a table and being upset with, with what just happened in a card game. But then in remote fights, you'll get the minimum. You'll get the the middle ground where you're not really like there and truly experiencing the revelry of winning a 1000 plus regional, but you still did it and you still got to experience it. And it's not like someone like, and it's not like when you get a bad beat, you have to like walk around for the next 10 hours in some place you don't know in some city you don't live in. You can just go take a nap afterwards and be like, well, that tournament's over. I'm going to go to bed now. You know, like there's this idea. I think that people like think that remote fights or remote duels are like a replacement. I'm like, no, 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 no. They're just a new thing that we get to do. And so they have their own unique experience. And because of that, I think they should have their own perspective thrown on them as well. Right. For sure. Can you imagine being on stream, like streaming to like a hundred people or so. And like your opponent just like rages, (laughs) like just starts cussing you out in the middle of the stream. There's a, there's a mute, there's a mute button on discord there, friend. (laughs) I know, but like, I don't know if I'd press the mute button. I just let him go after it. Oh, oh, 100% I'd press that mute button. I'd say, good game, chief, peace, and I'd leave the, and I'd leave the call. That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is true. There is a mute button. But you it'd know, be so funny listening to him. But that, that's just me. That's the asshole in me. Like, bro, just keep acting like you're five, bud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we've talked about it before. You know, we, I'm a big, big believer, and this is a game. I understand it can get super competitive, and there's a lot of money on the table a lot of times and things like that, but it's a game. So if at any point you're not having fun, like, stop playing. Stop. But um, with that being said, like, I've been salty, obviously, before, but I have found, like, the biggest thing I'm missing, because I'm a guy that loses every regional I ever go to, um, is the walking around random town for 10 hours, finding a bar and drinking loser beers, bro. Loser beers are the best part of regional <laughs> Oh, dude, I miss, like, having card games as an excuse to travel. I miss it all the time, man. I, I go into hotel rooms in Denver, staying up for 10 hours, playing Exploding Kittens and drinking beer, uh, walking around the downtown Nashville, eating fried pickles every chance I got, uh, oh, going to man. Indianapolis for the first time, being like, oh, yeah, this is a place, too. Uh, just overall, just, like, really feeling it in. I, I miss it so much. But, again, that's, like, the extreme of it, right? Like, right that's exactly, the exposure yeah. that you get. And so I'm like... Well, I can't do that through my remote fights, but you know what I can do? I can fight someone in Singapore and be like, yo, what's living in Singapore like, bro, before the actual round starts? And I'm like, I only get to do that at like world level events for Pokemon, and which don't yeah. happen all the time. This is like on a random Tuesday in like January. I'm like, what's going on? You know, <laughs> so uh, it's just like a new thing and I'm finding it, it really enjoyable. And if you ask me, like, it's here to stay. I, I think I think remote events are going to be around. Definitely not like at their you know quantity they're at now out of necessity but i definitely think like every like like once a month there's going to be like some big remote events for games yeah because they're actually really easy to put on too that's the thing too it's like it's so easy for people just to run one of these like they can run the whole thing from their from their living room if they wanted to uh stores and stuff yeah i I don't know if it's go ahead uh, i was saying i was speculating like with friends and like even scott and it's like you know, regionals are on the weekends, but you could have, like, for PTCGO and stuff, online tournaments there, you could have that every, like, Wednesday night, which we already do now with Chill TCG. Shout out to the homie. But, um, like, you could do that, like, Wednesday nights for people to test for the regionals, unless they're traveling and stuff, then they obviously wouldn't play. But I do agree, like, it's 
there's no reason why it should go anywhere. It may not be thousands of people, but it, you know, it'll still be something to make it worthwhile. Mm -hmm, and, for sure. Uh, what what I was going to put out was like, I don't know how it has been for the rest of card games, but for Pokemon, it has developed like this insanely fast, like meta, you know, like, because there's a big tournament every day, right? So instead of waiting once a month or twice a month to hear what did great it's every day you have to keep track of it right so it's creating this like dynamic wave of a meta shift constantly and uh i mean i just hope like beyond all hope that it continues because you know like when it comes to regional time it'll make prepping for regionals that much harder you know you you aren't just saying oh this is obviously going to be the top deck i just have to beat this deck now you are watching this wave of you know the there's always three strong decks or four strong decks and you're watching one win right after another and you're just watching it in a wheel and you're trying to predict, well, you know, which one do I bring to this regional now that this meta is like constantly evolving and my deck that I built two weeks ago isn't even the right, you know, 60 anymore, isn't even the right, you know, I got to change all these cards and it's insane to me and I can't wait for like big regional level events to continue or to go after that. I mean... Oh, dude, you're you're like reminding me of like one, one of my favorite parts about Pokemon, which is just having the sheer big brainness to make a meta call like last minute and just actually dominate the tournament afterwards. You're like, oh, uh, everyone's playing blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to play Zoroark Control and win. <laughs> it's going to be great or whatever. Uh, no. And uh, another thing I wanted to kind of bring up that you kind of remind me of, too, is like with remote dueling and remote playing of these games you are actually exposed to a wider player pool than you've ever had been before. And by the law of large numbers, sorry, econ freak, uh, that means you're going to play against actual better people than you would have in your normal testing or your, or your normal locals. Like I have never had to think more in like a, a local in my life than in remote locals because the people are like from the East coast, a uh, different country or whatever. And they're, playing in my local that i'm doing in my in my house just playing a fun deck and i'm like okay and now i gotta really think they made that super cool play I've never seen before how am i gonna counter xyz move forward like it's actually insane the uh level of player that you play against in just regular level events let alone the big ones can you imagine i, I imagine the skill cap of like these tournaments when we go back to real life play is going to be through the roof like <laughs> these may be the toughest regionals in all of like any card game <laughs> with how much people have been playing and just like you said the level of play that they have to deal with day in and day out like i don't know bro it's gonna be interesting when everything comes back uh, my first my first three regionals going oh four drop guaranteed 100 we're, <laughs> we're gonna get there at what nine o'clock it'll start like eight o'clock we'll be out by 11 bro we'll be fine dog we're chilling yeah i'll just leave a six pack in the car and it will still be cold yeah, by the time we get for back, sure bro. That's good. it'll be naic in columbus dog it'll be hot outside and it'll still be cold because we'll be in and out real quick dog <laughs> it'll be ridiculous now not if you go to whataburger but um oh my god <laughs> sorry i had to that was that, that's the low-hanging fruit of the day hey sorry i had to say, had to get I, it i did say in and out <laughs> Gosh. So How's is this guy is gonna out that joke me like that's my whole stick on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he bro, you, me with it. bro, you just got schooled. Is has California opened up a little bit out there? Or it's 
Yeah, we. I think we lost our mask, our, our mask mandate like two weeks ago. I think um, some stores still have their workers doing it and stuff, but I don't think anyone's demanding you have it unless uh, they do. I still wear mine. I work at a Walmart. I still wear mine just so I can have my AirPods in. I hope my manager didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so what a deep up. cut to learn your manager listens to your podcast. Oh, that's so that's so flattering. <laughs> if I come in and he's like, take that mask off, I'll be like, well, wait, you listen to the floaty cast, my dude? <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, man, this has been a pleasure and an honor bro and like i tell all our guests when we uh bring them on you're always welcome to come back if you got anything you want to talk about especially when you start pokemon again we'll talk the meta dog oh oh i got some i got some things in the back of my hand planned uh planned for that i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the ground running is it shadow rider calyrex or rayquaza I already got Shadow Riders over here, so the answer is both. All right. <laughs> Hold on. We're going to get all of it. This man's got Shadow Riders. Bro, Look, I'm over here searching for the last two in Alabama, and this man's just chilling <laughs> with bro. Shadow Riders. He's like, well, we have this thing in California called Frankensons. It's basically, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's basically the mecca County. for card games. Yeah. I go there like at least once a month, maybe, maybe twice a month nowadays. Isn't it like? <laughs> It's like every other Friday it's open, or is it only open on every Saturday, every, every Sunday, Saturday. and every Wednesday? Yeah, Frankenstein's bro. They got everything out there, bro. You gotta. They got everything you can think of. See, I lived in California for two years. I ain't never heard of that. It's it's out there in Orange County, bro. Actually, I think it's in City of Industry, but that's by Orange County. Oh, I thought that I thought City of Industry was Orange County. Maybe, maybe I don't know. No, no, it's it's close though. It's close. Yeah, I knew it was like right there. My my card shop up there is uh no free ads, but a card rush. Shout out, homies. That was was my (laughs) spot. That's where I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh and get throttled, bro. It's fun. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's been a pleasure, my dude. Uh, like I said, anytime you want to come on, the floor is yours for it. And uh, right now, the floor is yours for some shout-outs if you got any. Oh Well, first of all, shout-out to the Floaty cast for having me on. It's been an absolute honor, boys. And uh, Hopefully, the listeners out there enjoyed hearing me ramble about all the things I do with Shiny Cardboard. I know I liked rambling about it, uh, but if you guys want to hear me ramble about Digimon, Vanguard, or really anything I'm thinking of that day, be sure to check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash true champion Steven, and follow me on Twitter at uh, champion Steven underscore. I tend to do funny things over there or just talk about the games that I'm playing or show off deck lists for anyone out there that wants to net deck. No harm in it. It makes you That's better, right I promise. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, yeah guys it's it's been an absolute pleasure thank uh, you for having me it's been awesome no uh, well, one, mo- so one more thing me. before i let you go uh you are now in the same company as azul garcia griego as the first person i net decked in a in a card game uh <laughs> so uh hold that true to yourself but anyway it's been a pleasure my man and we'll uh catch you next time once again, special thanks to my boy Steven for coming on. It means a lot. Uh, it was super awesome to talk to him. And he brought up In and Out. So, like, well, I brought it up, but we got to talk about it because he's from out there. So, it's super cool. Oh, bro, quit throwing the thumb da- thumbs down. So, I'm I'm excited to have him. What did you think of that interview, Scott? Pretty cool. Uh, it was dope. Um, I love interviewing people like Rip that I don't know because I live under a rock. So, um, it's actually one of my favorite parts about what we do. So he's a super cool guy, super knowledgeable, super ecstatic about what he does. And uh, 
Uh, the only thing I don't like is, you know, he's got a super biased opinion on uh, fast food, so. <laughs> he's a good man. He's a good man. I was, I was glad to have him. So it was super awesome to have him on. And what else was awesome is I got a hold of the Japanese beta for Pokemon Unite, bro. Oh, we're in one when that game comes out, dog. We are absolutely in one. I still have to, I still have to get that just to play it if it's still available. No, it's okay. not. It it was only like oh. a two day run where they did the beta, but like I got a hold of it. I streamed it. It was a ton of fun. When that game comes out for real, we're going in, dog. We're going no, in. No, no chance we don't. Like we already got the team set up. We got two people who played MOBAs for many, many years on a competitive level. And we got two people who are tryhards. So I feel like we got a good four person team. We just got to find that fifth one. So for sure. We're, we'll hold tryouts uh, two days of the game comes out. Hit us up. Bro, 100%. Yo, so real quick update. I said I lost earlier, but uh, I guess there was a mishap in the thing. So like I didn't lose. So we get to play games. Anyway, that's not important. Uh, I hope I win. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think I'm going to end up being a Greninja main for real, for real. I mean, I haven't seen any of the characters, but I feel like out of principle, you can't main Greninja because of the hatred you have for his card. Bro, that is true, but he's so fun. He's so fun, like in, in person. Like, I mean, like playing playing his character because like Froki has like substitute, which I don't quite know what it does yet. But like he's got the range, which is really nice. Like I was trying um I was trying Garchomp at first because I thought Garchomp would just be busted, but it felt like his attacks were like close combat range, and I'm more of like a shooter kind of person. So it was I I like Greninja a lot. Greninja's dope. I I'm really hoping that Garchomp is like uh, this old League of Legends uh, character called Rekaton, um, who's just an alligator with like a sword bow. Um, so Garchomp, but green. Um, mm -hmm. Because if he is, there's no learning curve, bro. I'm just in there already, and you don't stand a chance because that's the only character I ever played at League, and I used to be fire with him. Bro. So that's I... probably going to be my main if I'm not a support guy, like I said, I wanted to be. I have no idea what kind of a guy I'm going to be playing this game. I don't know. I do. I do. You're going to uh, be hyper-aggressive. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. the rest of your team to hold back the, back the people. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot. You're going to feed the enemy, but that's fine, because you're going to get, like, two kills to every one, you know? Yeah. You are 100% correct, dog. I'm going to be, like, in there like swimwear, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to be bodying these clowns while uh, taking their lunch money. Because that's what I does. So, and if you ain't if you ain't got lunch money, we taking your breakfast money. Yeah, that's you right. That sausage McMuffin. That's right. We taking the sausage McMuffin, your lunch money, your steak dinner at Outback with the blooming onions, bro. We know. Trust me, we Whoa, know. Hold on. Somebody's bro. out here eating that every night, bro. What do you? What have you been doing since you were a kid, dog? You don't. You don't. Not eating Outback, bro. You don't eat Outback. Ugh, God, I can't talk. You don't eat Outback, my dude? No, you know what I got at Outback when I went as a kid? We used what? to go like once every month or whatever because that was the only restaurant in Vero Beach, Florida. Um, I always got the children's macaroni and cheese. 
because that shit is fire, bro. It's like penne pasta with like the most creamy, delicious cheese you'll ever have in your entire life. That sounds horrible. But I went to a what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> bro, that sounds so bad. What do you mean? Creamy, <laughs> like Alfredo sauce, bro, but like not bro, Alfredo. Bro, bro, f your Alfredo sauce, bro. <laughs> bro, fuck your under seasoned steak, bro. Welcome to bro. Outback. Bro, I don't eat steak at Outback, bro. If I go to a restaurant like that, I'm grabbing the burger and blooming onions, my dude. I'm Wait, how are we talking about Outback? <laughs> <laughs> no free ads, bro. No, check this out. Texas Roadhouse, infinitely better than Outback. You can quote me on that. Don't at me. We're looking for a sponsorship, Texas Roadhouse. I'll take uh I'll take that. Bro, give it give us something good for the homies. <laughs> But uh, Just give us the free bread, dog. That's all I want. Hundred <laughs> percent. What was I saying? No, so, so, um, so check it out, dog. Did. Check yeah. it out. You know that. You know what happened this past week? What? Uh, oh, um, I think a prediction that I made came true. At least one half of it. But I'll let you tell the story. So the uh. Tampa Bay Lightning decided they wanted to go back to the Stanley Cup Finals, right? And yeah. uh, so they do. They get there. Oh, bro, guess what? My Gengar Mimikyu's prize. <laughs> you heard it here first. I feel like I'm actually psychic at this point. I've been making predictions all the time, bro. <laughs> That's all right. We're still going to run through this, man. <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> Anyway, so the Tampa Bay Lightning decide they want to go to the Stanley Cup playoffs or finals, and they get there, and uh, they proceed to, uh, and I quote, wax that ass like a Q-tip. The uh, Montreal Canadiens, my guy, complete domination, cooked them up the platters, bro. They bodied them. It was unfair. It was unreal. How much they cooked this team. And now they're up one game to nothing in the Stanley Cup Finals. How you feeling, bud? Uh, I'm feeling great. Um, not as great as I would have been, like, uh, if I would have just known that just, like, off the rip. But um, a couple times in the playoffs, the, the Lightning have done, like, this incredible feat of, like, waxing that ass, and then the next game just didn't show up to play. So I'm really hoping that doesn't follow suit. Uh, I don't know if you remember last series, but they, they cooked them eight to nothing. And oh, yeah, and then we talked one. about it, and they lost and in overtime. Lost, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm really hoping that doesn't follow suit because I'd like just a blowout series, honestly. I have nothing against, uh, you know, uh, Montreal, but I really, really just want the Lightning to solidify themselves as the first dynasty that I think Florida's ever had. Yeah, I think they would be the first dynasty that you guys ever had, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be a dynasty. <laughs> like the team is, the team is. Uh, it's literally like I feel like the '97, '98 Detroit Red Wings reincarnated, and I'm not saying that because of. Because of my bias of how great the Red Wings were back in the day, I'm saying that because, like, they tied the 96 Red Wings with um, the record for most regular season, like, wins. 
and then lost in the first round of the playoffs, which the Wings won in, or they got to the conference finals uh, that year, but they still didn't make it. They didn't win the championship, even though they tied the regular season uh, record for wins. And then the next following year, they beat the team that beat them in the playoffs to go on to win the championship. And now they're on route to win the uh, Stanley Cup again. So, like, I don't know, man. They look good. They and looking, I'm, they looking I am like here for it. They look like yeah. a whole snack. Oh, yeah. And uniforms are dope. I mean, not the coolest in the league, but they're not bad. Yeah, they're 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 pretty solid. Not even gonna. Like flex. I'd wear a jersey, whether or not I was a fan, I'd wear a jersey. But now I just have more of a reason to spend two hundred fucking dollars on a jersey. I don't know if you've seen those prices recently. Oh, bro, they're insane. They're absolutely bananas. Oh, I'm, I hope I'm doing this right, dog. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the floaty cast. I hope I'm doing this right. So, uh, actually, before before we get off of here, um, uh, before we do all the shout-outs and things like that, I want to give a quick uh, shout-out to uh, Bowman for uh, missing another podcast. Yeah. Um, we're here for you, bud. Um, I don't know why you keep missing them, but um, we love you still, and we look forward to you coming back next week. <laughs> yeah, dog. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think I lost. Because <laughs> that does what, 190? Uh, uh, I probably should have. Yeah, I lost. Anyway, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and head off here. Uh, this was episode 52. I'm super excited for this one um, to come out on Thursday. That was the stupidest thing I ever said, but it's fine. You um, can't play and do podcasts anymore, bro. I'm not yeah, putting no, a stop to it. No, but we're we're done here, so I can continue on, continuing on. I'm also I'm, done with I'm that I'm the match. one that says dumb shit. Like, I'm yeah. the one that says dumb shit. You're the one with the information. That's how this is supposed to go. I don't know what got into you today. You, 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 you Two people telling bad jokes is never a good, good sign. Anyhow, check out floatykalday.com for all your merch needs. Add me at floatyk1 on Twitter, um, and then we'll catch you guys next week. Sir, uh, go ahead and hit that Patreon love right there real quick. That'll be, a link will be in the description below for that. Uh, sub to the YouTube, the Twitch. I know I'm not streaming on Twitch, but I will be eventually, I promise. Go ahead and hit that. Link's in the description below for that. And uh, other than that, um, y'all have a good week. We'll see you guys next week. And as always, peace. peace.